Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Um, this week is the ATP Adelaide 2 event and for some reason following again in the footsteps of Poon. We're not in Australia, we're over in Auckland for another hardcore event prior to the Australian Open. Uh, we're joined this week by Luke. So hello Luke, how are you doing? Hello Charlie, I'm alright thanks, how are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I've just been trying to keep up with the the final that's actually in play as we're speaking over in Adelaide again um, between Djokovic, which is expected, and Seb Korda, which I don't think any of us predicted actually from last week. Uh, he's had a very good week and he looks like he's, well, he had match point in set one. I don't know if it's uh, still looking that way at the moment, but um, yeah, very, very tight final. Two, two tie breaks so far. Uh, Djokovic actually has just won. I think he won 6-4 in the third, so... Djokovic winning there. Uh, you've uh, you've muted yourself, Charlie. I don't know if that was intentional. Oh, it was not intentional. How long have I been muted for? Uh, a few seconds. It's not okay. Most most of what I said came through. Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, Djokovic won over there in in Adelaide, basically um, six seven seven six six four against Korda. Um, and then this uh, over in Pune was um, a little bit more of a jumble sale, as we predicted, where uh, Talon Griexpor won his first title, um, taking on Benjamin Bonzi in the final. Um, now, Luke, uh, we had a little chat earlier off this podcast, and uh, you wanted to go through the recap first and maybe just do a little bit of a chat about kind of how we're actually going to work out our, our profit loss for the forthcoming year. So I'll hand over to you just to go through a bit of yeah, so I thought I'd kind of explain a bit more in detail how we kind of um, calculate the kind of recap and stuff and kind of how it can help you as as betting, basically, because that's that's what this is for, to kind of guide you with, with your tips. Um, so for we'll start with our accumulators. Um, so for those, it's, it's quite simple, really. We just put a unit on those. Um, if it loses, that's minus one units. If it wins, then it's whatever the odds is. Um, so my accumulator um, won. It was it had a catching off in straights, Karatsev, Shapovalov, and Martinez. Um, and that was at 3.52 to one. So that's plus 3.52 units. Uh, Charlie's accumulator sadly lost. Um, he had catching off Rublev and Munar. So that's minus one. Um, we also put out a, an accumulator on our Twitter account. Um, if you don't follow that yet, it's at Serving Up Clutch. Um, so make sure you follow that for kind of some of the content that we'll put out sort of mid-tournament that is obviously a lot harder to, to record a podcast in time for. Um, so, But that accumulator contained uh, Chilich, TFO, Krajinovic, and Sinner, and that came in as well. Um, so that's plus 3.49 units. Um, in total for the week, we, we had eight wins and two losses for the, for the matches we predicted. Um, now the outrights, uh, that has changed a bit uh, since last year. We're going to change it a bit for this year. Um, so we just put basically 0.5 units on each way, um, unless we specify all the odds are short and then it's, just one unit outright, no, no each way part. Uh, for those that you don't know, each way um, 
is for the player to get to the final. Um, so if you have a 0.5 units each way bet, that's effectively one unit in total. You have half a unit on them reaching the half a unit bet on them reaching the final. And if they reach the final, you obviously win the first part of that bet, but then you lose the 0.5 units from the second part. And then if they win the event, then you win both parts of the bet. Um, and the, the each way part is half, is typically half of the odds um, that are, are specified by by the bookies. Um, but very easy to calculate that this week because they all lost. Um, we had Sino, Karatsev, Kresi, Rusevori, Molchan and Rublev. And none of them made the final. Um, that means that overall we we broke even basically. We were up by 0.01 units. So slightly in the green. Um, and then finally, our, our tips of pass, um, which, we, which we provide every week. It's kind of a challenge both against each other and against the bookies. Um, my pick last week was Karatsev to win in straights, um, and he did. Um, so that puts me uh, up one for the year, one no. Um, Charlie had Munar, uh, just money line to win, um, and he lost to the, to the eventual winner, actually, Greek Spore. Um, so that's puts puts Charlie at minus one or own one for for the year so far. Sorry, that took me ages to unmute my mic. Then, um, yep. So pretty bad week from me, but overall not not horrendous. Kind of as we expected. It's just treading water at this kind of time of the year, really, isn't it? Um, it's always pretty difficult to to pull out too many good results. I, I mean, you did remarkably well, I suppose, but. Um, I do think it is pretty lucky um, when, when we talk oh, about thanks. this stage of the season. Give me some credit, uh, man. I will give you credit later in the season when you pick a tournament winner um, in an event that I actually care about. These events are garbage. Why are they still outside of Australia? What the hell? Why are they in New Zealand now? What, what is all like? Just stay in Australia. Um, but anyway, okay, besides the point. There's a second event in Adelaide this week. Uh, from what I saw, the court pace over there is moderate quick, I would say. I don't have any court pace index figures to actually back that up, but I, I watched a couple of bits of, of a few matches, and that's what it appeared to be. Uh, the United Cup USA won last week. I forgot to add that. They've just absolutely dispatched Italy 5-0. Um, so that's that's a pretty, pretty one-sided route. Um Looking good for, for TFO and Fritz, who had a very successful United Cup, actually. Um, some of the bigger names also were over there as well. So we, we saw the likes of Berrettini, Sitsipas, um, getting, their, getting their groove on ready for the Aussie Open, um, and Cam Norrie as well. Now, Cam Norrie, we spoke about him last week. Um, very successful United Cup, really, all in all. Um, he looked very good, beat Nadal, uh, beat Di Menor. Um, what was our, our knockout stage? He... He beat, he beat Fritz, Fritz as well. Yeah, that's a remarkable win. So uh, I, I stand by what I said there in that Norrie looks like the man to beat, For <laughs> to be honest, um, outside of Djokovic. Um, he looks he looked crazy good at the moment. Um, but I would expect nothing less coming off um, an off-season with Cam Norrie. I expect him to have worked ridiculously hard and, and be in the best shape possible. Um, other notable performances, Talon Griexpor. Now, he had a blockbuster year not last year, the year before. And then he's he's come out and won a title. Now, I didn't actually happen to see 
any of his matches. Um, did you see any of them, Luke? Um, I can't say I did, no. I know he got a walkover in the quarters against Chilich, which um, obviously helps. I mean, that helps massively when the uh, the top seed and heavy favourite for the event pulls out. But um, still, nonetheless, I don't think anybody had him to, to win. So um, interesting name to watch for, a dangerous name. Probably if he's in that kind of winning form, one to avoid, because he is a very, very aggressive player who's a really clean ball striker. He reminds me a lot of Botic van der Zanschulp um, in that he has these very flat, open swings that that really hurt people off both wings. Um, but if he's not if he's not on, he can he can lose to just about anyone. So it's I don't know. Probably I learnt my lesson. Slap on the wrist. Don't probably go against Griegsborg until we know a little bit more about where his form is. Um, other notable performances. Anyone you wanted to bring? Well, I guess Corder. We haven't really. Um, well, we've spoken about a bit, but obviously made the final. Uh, pushed Djokovic very close. Had a had a match point as you said in the in the second set. Um, and he's yeah, may, maybe someone that that could have a could have a very big year this year. Um, I th- I think he's kind of expected of a lot more last year, but um, I think injuries played their part and he didn't kick on quite as much as people thought. Um, but a very impressive start to the to the season. I know he beat Sinner in the quarters, I think. Um, and Nishioka as well um, did well, managed to beat Runa and made the semis, I believe. Um, so yeah, Korda one to watch, maybe a dark horse for not just the Aussie Open, but for the for the season in general. Yeah, I, I was one of those people a couple of years ago who said, wow, Korda looks like from what he was producing in the challenges when I used to watch those quite a lot, um, he's he, he was a massive step up that year. Um, and I expected him to kick on and be top 10, top five sort of thing. Um, and then he just didn't do it. He has these mental brain fades. Um, he has games where he just turns up and can't hold serve despite being, sorry, despite being six foot four and, uh, and possessing a massive first serve. Um, and I think that's going to hold him back. I, I do not see him having a deep run at a slam, unfortunately, this year. For, I mean, he's got the weaponry to do it, don't get me wrong. But just for those reasons, I think he's too much of a liability and he, he lets himself down in those big moments. I remember watching uh, one of my sort of standout memories of tennis in general was watching him versus, um, I believe it was Sidzipas, I think, um, in Wimbledon. And uh, no, it was catching off. It was catching off. Yeah, I remember that match yeah. as well. Jesus and, Christ! And it ended up like sixteen fourteen in the fifth or something because like bloody yeah. neither of them could hold serve. Like it was ridiculous. These are two six foot four, six foot five men, both with some of the biggest serves in the top twenty, top thirty in the world, and neither of them could hold. It was like break, 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 break. It was like watching amateur tennis. I couldn't couldn't get my head around it. Um, and that just summarizes quarter. I would say in in simpler terms. Things that you expect to happen just don't happen with him. This week, I didn't think he was going to have a big week because he got no run-up form. And then he came out and almost beat Djokovic in the final. So I'm happy to be proven wrong on that one, but I don't think he's going to have a good Aussie Open personally. Um, but yes, right to bring him up, definitely, as the finalist. Um, just trying to think if there's anyone else who kind of leapt out to me. Uh, if we're talking about kind of Aussie hopes, we haven't got anything to go on on Kyrgios, as far as I'm aware. He's still... Um, Still uh, 
doing unthinkables with the misses in Dubai. Um, so God knows where he is um, and if he's going to be ready for the uh, for the Aussie Open. Uh, but we got Kokinakis, who's looking okay-ish based on on last week. I don't think he won, but um, he, he looked all right. Um, and he's got an interesting round one, I think, this week. Um, I did look at it. I can't remember who it was against. Popperin. Um, yes, that's the one. And that's why it's interesting, because Popperin is another Australian who came out and had a very good sort of uh, few yeah. results last week as well. Yeah, uh, Popper had beat uh, Felix and then I think won a couple more matches. He might have been a qualifier as well. I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, Popper, another one, very disappointing year last year. Um, he won a title back in 2021 now. Um, and then after that, kind of failed to kick on, really. I think he kind of had, I think he kind of chopped and changed his, his coach a few times. Um but he's he's always a very dangerous player with kind of the weapons he has. Very big serve, um, very big forehand and backhand, to be honest. Um, but he just kind of never seemed to string it together. Really struggling to get any wins at all on the ATP Tour last year. Kind of having to, he had to kind of dip down to the to the challenges to get any wins. Um, but just look at his results. Yeah, he did he did qualify, beat Zhang and Wu to qualify, then beat. Uh, where is he? Felix, round one in straights, uh, four and six. Then beats uh, Marcus Giron, which is a decent win, um, in three. Um, and then lost to, to Nishioka in, in three sets. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see if if that will um, continue this week, gets, to, um, gets Kokonakis and beyond and for the for the. Yeah, um, I've never been the massive like ambassador of Popperin's game style. Well, of him in general, I think. I think he's another one who's just a bit of a, a brain fake type. I don't think he's got any tennis IQ at all. Um, but he's obviously possesses massive weapons in his forehand and his serve. He's such a modern breed of tennis player. I don't think he's going to kick on to the pearly heights that Corder has the capabilities to do. But um, yeah, another one no. to watch, really. Um so yeah, um, Kyrgios Kokinakis, Demon Or, I suppose, if we're talking about Aussie hopes. Um, he looked good, I think, in, in the United Cup. He he beat Nadal, obviously, first time he's done that. He he didn't look bad against Norrie. I think Norrie was was too zoned in and dialed in to, for Demon Or to really get his way. But Demon Or's another one who I just don't think he's got the game style to go deep in these in these slams. It's perfect conditions for him, fast hardcore. Um, but your best bet for him is a quarterfinal. Uh, He's going to get found out by somebody with a serve, basically, and that's the sad truth about his career coming up, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, in in the modern game, to reach kind of the upper echelons, you do need a bit more kind of weaponry than what what Demon All has, really. You can't just rely on your kind of retrieval skills. It, It will will only get you um, so far. So even though he's young, yeah, I, I agree. I don't really see him kicking on that much higher than than what he currently is. Yep. And um, the only other point to, to kind of ram home is um, there's no Alcaraz. There's no world number one for the Aussie Open. Huge miss. It's going to, I don't think he did that well last year anyway. I think he maybe ran four loss. I'm not sure. Quarterfinals. Um, but um, 
he's going to lose some points. May well drop out of um, round three. May well drop out. Um, uh, sorry, may well drop out of world number one. I'm I'm not sure. A loss of points, and then maybe somebody else creeping up over the top. Um, so so that's something to watch out for as well. What's going to happen with the rankings? Um, I'm not sure exactly the situation there. Anyway, um, that's kind of an overview of what's happened these last couple of weeks. So just to, to recap, um, just remind me again one more time what our profit loss was from the last week, Luke. Um, so it's not plus 0.01. So basically breaking even. Holy crap. Yeah, okay, so basically evens. Uh, okay, so neither here nor there in terms of last week, as expected. Uh, winners of last week are um, Djokovic with a runner-up of quarter. Um, and Greek Sport with a runner-up of Bonzi. Keep in mind they're probably going to be somewhat fatigued and preserving their bodies. So not always an easy prediction that just because they've done well, they're going to do well this week. In fact, they almost become avoids. Um, okay, so running on to our, our accumulators and outrights and wildcards. Um, again, I'm going to, just for the first few episodes of the season, just outline exactly what these are. Um, our accumulators are just a succession of matches that we think are going to win where the bookies then allow you to kind of add them together to to kind of give you a price for all of them to win if one match loses it all loses if they all win then you win um outright it can be either each way or or obviously money line um it's just a price for somebody to win the event each way is priced to make the final it's normally at about half the odds um, and then wild card is just something at a longer odds that we expect to, to have a chance but it's not really a favoured thing. It's a punt if you fancy. Okay. And we pick all of those plus a tips of pass each week. Uh, Luke's already outlined what the tips pass is. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's how we're going to do it. So Luke, if maybe you want to kick off first this week, I think I went first last week. Sure. So I've gone quite short this week. There weren't many matches I liked. Um, there's two that I really like. And then I've got one more that's a bit risky, but I think, I think the price is, is very good. Um, so to start with, I've got um, Giron to beat Martinez at four to nine over uh, in Auckland. Um, Giron is just much better suited to quick conditions than, than Martinez. Um, Spaniard is much more of a clay quarter and has typically done much better on, on slow surfaces. Um, he did make the quarters last week, but you have to take that with a pinch of salt. Um, he got a win against Ramanathan, who's, who's not tall quality. Um, and against buyers who can't win a match on hard to save his life. Um, and as soon as he came up against someone with any pedigree on a quick hard court, he got beaten one and two by Aslan Karatsev. Um, Kiron, on the other hand, had a had a fairly impressive win against um, against Richard Gasquet. So, you know, so, some positive signs for him at, at the start of the season. Um, and yeah, I just think this is... Um, yeah, this surface is, is um, well, will suit Giron the best, really. I think he, he hits he hits it quite flat, which kind of lends itself well to this surface as well. Um, and I think Martinez is going to have a hard time kind of um, being able to penetrate um, Giron even on this surface. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I, I expect an easy win for Giron there. Um, next up, I've got Ben Shelton to beat Seb Byers at four to nine in Auckland. Um, I've already mentioned that Byers can't can't buy a win on hard. Um, he's won one hard court match since the Australian Open last year um, and lost twelve. 
Um, he, he put in a really good performance actually against Alcaraz at the US Open, which made me think that he can play on hard. Um, but having watched him since and seen his results, I, I was wrong. Um, the one, the one kind of caveat here is that um, Ben Shelton, until a few weeks ago, had never left America. Um, he had a, a bizarre set of circumstances that Shelton had, had broken into the top 100 without having ever left the country, um, which I think, you know, is, is only really possible if, if you're American due to the, the quantity of events they have. Um, so just, just bear that in mind that I, I don't know where his, his mind will be and where his preparation has been, having never, never left the country before. Um, he, he did lose his first match um, in Australia in, in, the, in the qualifying of Adelaide um, to Duckworth. But Duckworth's not, not a nice opponent on these, on these quick Aussie courts. Um, we look at Shelton's game style. It's, it's a similar mould to like a, a Shapovalov or a Draper or like a hum, or a Humbert. Um, lefty with a big serve and forehand. Um, and so that, that should really suit these, um, these quick conditions down to a tee. Um, a lot better than Byers, who's who's a clay quarter really, and he's of the, the kind of more defensive mold. He doesn't really have the weapons that could translate to a, a quick hard court. Um, so yeah, I, I like Shelton there at, at four to nine. Um, and then the last pick, um, a bit different. I've gone for a I've gone for a games handicap um, on Davidovich Pekina. I've gone plus three point five games against Nakashima um, at five to six over in Adelaide. I just didn't really understand those odds when I saw them um, at Nakashima at two to five there and ADF at, at two to one. Um, it's the first match of the year for both. So there's not, not much to go off there. Um, Davidovich Fikina, very aggressive player, um, prefers the slow surfaces, but um, has also had some good results on, on quick surfaces. Um, and yeah, he can hit through anyone, even a, even a very good defender like, um, like Nakashima. Um, and I, I like plus 3.5 because he can lo- still lose um, 6, 4, 7, 6, um, and the bet will still come in. Um, and ADF does have a good serve, so I think he should be able to to hold a lot in these in these fast conditions. Um, and yeah, I, I just thought that price was weird, so I'm going with a the handicap there. Um, so that's my treble. Um, Giron to beat Martinez, 4 to 9. Shelton to beat Baez, 4 to 9. Davidovich Fikina plus 3.5 games versus Nakashima at five to six. Um, that treble comes in at 2.83 to one. Um, now for my tips of pass, I, I, I think I kind of forgot to explain it last time. Um, so this is a, it's a bet of around evens. You kind of like to have it sort of four to five or, or higher. Um, so they either take the form of, um, like a single, like like a 50-50 match that we think is actually not 50-50 and there is a favourite there, um, like Charlie took last week in Munar. Um, or we have either a games or a set handicap. Um, so you'd go for a negative handicap if you think the favourite is going to win easily. And um, you take a positive, uh, yeah, a positive handicap if you think that the underdog... Um, will make it close or has a good chance of winning, like I've done there with Davidovich Fikina. Um, however, for my tips of pass, I'm going to go with uh, Giron minus 3.5 games against Martinez.
Sorry. Yeah, there we go. I'm on mute now. I don't know why it's taking so long to do that. Um, yeah, I like a lot of what you said. Um, we overlap in a, a little bit, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, I haven't got too many comments. I actually don't mind that one. Um, I agree going short is probably better at this time in the season. Um, now, I do have a picture. I took a picture earlier of what my um, selections are. So I've gone for a fourfold. Um, I've also gone for Marcus Garon to beat Pedro Martinez. Um, I, I I don't think he's going to lose that. Um, a bit about the two players, uh, Pedro Martinez. Um, we used to kind of think of him as a clay quarter, and now he's kind of a bit more all surface. But he's, he's got these very, very sort of big forehand, uh, very whippy, kind of like your old school, uh, or sorry, your new school uh, clay court swings. His backhand's just a bit naff. Um, there's not a lot on it. It's a very generic shot. Uh, it's not got much behind the serve, and he's very on these quicker courts, um, rushed for time. He, he makes a lot of errors. Uh, Marcus Giron, by contrast, good counter-puncher, plays off the back foot a lot. Um, I think against somebody who doesn't necessarily have the firepower that your, your quarters and your popper ins have, I think Giron is a is a safe enough bet there. He'll make too many balls for, for Martinez, and I, I like the price. Um, we've uh, then also overlapped when we're talking about Nakashima. I've got Nakashima to beat Alejandro Davidovich Fakina um, at two to five. Um, I like that pick. I think that uh, Nakashima, he's somebody who hits relatively flat off both wings, forehand and backhand, but with a very, very sort of solid base. He's a quick mover, gets his feet behind the ball fast, um, has a good serve, enough to sort of hold on these quicker courts. Uh, it's not going to blow you away. He's not going to get too many cheap points, but um, it, he's not going to get broken all that often. And uh, Davidovich Fakina throws in duff service games here and there, makes far too many errors. And especially when he's not got that many matches under his belt and it's round one, I'd always be backing a steady player like Nakashima against Davidovich Fakina. Um, for people who don't know him, very, very flamboyant Spaniard. Um, plays with odd socks. He huge ground stroke, hits very big. Um, he's kind of lights out. If he's if he's on, he's on. If he's not, he's not. And he can beat just about anyone in the world when he's on. But um, I just I think it's a safe enough bet to go for Nakashima there. Um, I've got Dan Evans to beat the worst player in the world, Mackenzie McDonald. Now, I don't like Dan Evans at the moment. I think Dan Evans is approaching worst player in the world territory, but he's not quite as bad as uh, the actual worst player in the world, Mackenzie McDonald. Um, Mackenzie McDonald has no weapons whatsoever. Um, he's absolute trash and is probably better suited on the Futures Tour or at your local club. Um, so that's what I will say about him. Whereas Dan Evans will dice and slice his way through the guy with no weapons and probably come into the net and put him away too often. Um, therefore, I think Dan Evans is good value there because Mr. No Weapons, Mackenzie McDonald, will probably get found out by somebody looking to step up on the front foot, willing to come forward like Dan Evans. Uh, both players don't really have much of a serve, so you'll get lots of breaks there if you enjoy heart attack tennis. Um and then last one I've gone for. Now, I wasn't a massive fan of this because I know we had a bit of an injury last week. Um, but Jack Draper at 4-11 to against Sonigo. Um, I think he's got the game style to really hurt someone like Sonigo. He'll rush him. He's not going to get broken too often. And the lefty game really plays into the uh, the weaker wing of Sonigo's backhand. Sonigo, very big serve, very big forehand, kind of generic new style player from Italy. Um, but he's also somebody who has frequent brain fades. Um throws in bad games, and Jack Draper will exploit that. Um, if Jack Draper's 80% or better in terms of fitness, I I back him there. 
just slight red flag over, over whether or not it will be. Um, that whole fourfold comes to 3.33 to 1. That's Dan Evans, 4 to 7, Nakashima, 2 to 5, Giron, 4 to 9, Draper, 4 to 11, 3.33 to 1. Um, and then if we're going to talk about kind of tips and passes, which I completely bloody forgot to look at, quite frankly, um, just shows where my brain is at. Um, I think I'm going to take a whatever the handicap, I'd imagine it will be minus 2.5 um, or minus 1.5 on Dan Evans to beat Mackenzie McDonald. Um, I, I just, I just, I know I've joked about how bad Mackenzie McDonald is, but in all seriousness, he's he should get eaten alive by someone like Dan Evans, somebody who's not going to break down in the longer rallies, which is where Mackenzie McDonald, that's his meat and drink. Um, and Dan Evans is is way more capable of of moving forwards and and ending those slow rallies. Um, but at the same time, if it really came down to it, he could sit at the back and grind his way through as well. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen McDonald have to deal with sort of slice off every backhand, but um, I can't imagine he'd love it either. So, um, so yeah, we'll go for a tips pass of whatever the handicap is on on Evover. Hmm. Interesting. I, I I considered Evans, but I I think both players actually struggle when they play someone who is not aggressive and is kind of a more defensive player like themselves. No, I, I disagree. I think that's when Evans is at his best. He, he struggles when people just gun him down, like when people really bulldoze through him. Like I, I know he had a trash United Cup. I can't really remember who he played either. I've kind of eradicated it from my memory. But um, like uh, I, I think it's the ability to move forward that he, he's got these sort of free-flowing swings that enable him to kind of move. He looks like he's made of elastic. He just follows through on them so well. Um, I, I think he's typically very good against people who don't give him much pace because he can he can really step in. But it does get ugly at times when he's not timing it right. I'll agree that. And that's when it, it is honestly just like, what am I watching? I could honestly watch, I don't know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it would be about as obvious tennis as this. <laughs> nice analogy. Um so yeah, I, I I do think Evans will win that, but with a couple of red flags for me. His form as well in the United Cup is is not typically as good as it is at this time of year. Um, Nakashima, I don't like. I've obviously kind of gone against you there with the with the handicap on ADF. I don't like those odds. Um, Draper as well. I don't like those odds. I did look at that, but I don't like the Draper odds either. It's worth noting, but um, I just I'm struggling to find stuff and I think that he should win. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. He he should win there. But Sonego is always dangerous, particularly well, in any conditions really. He could play on any conditions, but um yeah. Was Sonego dangerous in US Open twenty twenty one when he played against Oscar Otter? Oh god, don't remind me of that match. Yes. It, it, that's that's all I'm saying about Sonigo. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Sonigo could lose this match, Love and Love, or he could win it two and two. But I think losing Love and Love is, is more likely. For anyone who hasn't watched extended highlights of that match, I think it's a really valuable use of your time to go onto YouTube, look up Sonigo versus Oscar Otter, and just sit there and marvel at the beautiful tennis that was on display that day. 
don't I don't think I've bet on Sonego since for, for good reason. Um anyway, should we move on to the outrights? Uh yes, we should. Um I do just want to also comment on the Nakashima match. Um I I really, really do like those odds. In fact, he was probably the second name on my sheet after um after uh Giron. Um I I think you're always not gonna right, it's a funny one. Well, me and Luke both obviously play tennis. Um and um we have slightly contrasting game styles, but Luke is very, very aggressive and therefore I think he's always gonna have a bit of a soft spot for those players who who have quite a big aggressive game style as well. Um, Nakashima doesn't, and I think it's very hard unless you've watched a lot of Nakashima to kind of understand how he wins um, because he doesn't seem to have any weapons at all. So I, I, I get it, but I really do think that he is good value there. That as well, agree to disagree. I, I think it's quite 50-50, hence the, um, hence the handicap. I, I think it should be close. Um, but anyway, I'll do my outrights then. Um, so I couldn't see any odds for Adelaide, so I've just got Auckland, I'm afraid. Um, but my pick um, for Auckland is Cameron Norrie at 15 to 4. Um, no each way there, just one unit outright. Good. Gonna um, save us some time we... and just say mine's the same whilst we're here. Nice. Um, yeah, 15 to 4, I've got him at. Um, we've already mentioned his form in the United Cup uh, wins against Demon or Nadal and Fritz. Um, and he has some history at this event. Um, he uh, obviously formally competed for New Zealand until the age of um, 17, received quite a few wild cards even after he changed allegiances. Um, and he ended up making the final back in 2019. Um, if we look at his draw as well, um, the other seeds in his half are... Um, Manorino, who I think could be a danger. Um, Baez, who, um, as we mentioned, cannot play on hard. Um, and Schwartzman, who had a really poor year last year. And I don't think uh, this quick surface will will suit him. Um, and then you, you obviously have Rude as the, the other big seed, uh, but he wouldn't have to play him until the final. Um, so I think... Nor- I think Norrie's my my favourite for the for the title this week and, and comes in at a decent enough price for me to take him. Um have you got anything to add whilst we're on the subject of Norrie? Uh no, I I think his draw looks pretty clear as you say up until the final. I think if we've got any form to go on right now, it's that he's probably the most formed player that there is um in this event. Uh Kasparud looked all right when I was over at the United Cup against Berrettini, he was striking it quite well, but just threw in two poor service games and that was enough. Um, won't have that same issue against someone like Nori, but I think it's worth the worth the investment there on Nori at that price. I wouldn't even be going each way on it. I would just be looking at it as an outright. Yeah, so we're both just putting a unit on Nori outright, no each way. Yes, yeah, so, so we'll combine that and just say one unit um, on, on Cam Nori outright, so we don't have to kind of double it. Yeah, I should mention that if in in the past, if if we ever have gone for the same player, then we we don't kind of double down. We just put the. It, it's as if one of us picked it, basically, um, which you know is is more realistic to kind of what you would do as a as a better. Um, my wild card, um, I've gone for someone in the other half. Um, that's Ugo and Bear at sixteen to one each way. Definitely going each way this time. Oh, dear God, shoot me! What are you? What are you done? 
Hear me, hear me out. Um, and Bear's someone who who really loves these fast conditions, um, plays his best tennis in them, um, won, won Haller a few years ago. Might have been like, no, it's not last year, the year before last. Um, and he's a former winner here, um, won the title in 2020. Um, and he has an eight and one record. Um, and with a real kind of lack of quality in, in that half, apart from apart from Rude, really, um, I I fancy his chances. He also his ranking is not in a great place, so he does kind of need a a good run to to help that. So I think he'll be more desperate than than some people who will just be looking to get kind of maybe one or two matches in before the Aussie Open. I think he'll be more determined to to go um, go the distance this week. Okay, yeah, I, at least you've provided some nice reasoning. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to win. Um, I obviously have Nori as my outright. I have nothing else to add up than what we've already added. Um, my wild card for, I guess I have to give the wild card for Auckland, um, is going to be Alexander Bublik. Um, he comes in the top half of the draw. Um, he could lose first round love on love. He's that kind of guy. But um, other than Kasper Rude in his half, there's not really too much to, to worry about. He's got the kind of game that could really challenge someone like Kasper, actually, um, in the fact that his serve is just borderline unbreakable when he's when he's on. Um, whether or not he produces that for a whole week, I don't know. Um, but at odds of 14 to 1, he's an each-way prospect. Just got to really pull out that a couple of big wins, and, and that's a real possibility, I think, for someone like him. Fair enough. I mean, Bublik is, is kind of the definition of of wild card, isn't he? Exactly um, that. Like that's what that's what they're there for. They're yeah. there to pick these kind of names who who can spark into life at any moment, but just choose not to. So yeah, no, I I, I don't mind that particularly in the, in the quick conditions. I don't think there's anyone in this draw who he can't beat, and I think the price is is good enough there. Um, I'll just touch on on Adelaide too, just because I did have a look, but obviously there were no no prices, so I'll just suggest a couple of things. Um, I liked the look of Bautista Gu, um, who I believe was sitting in the top half of that draw. I'm just going to very quickly get that up now and just have a little look and just double check myself on that. Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Uh, yep, yeah, so you've got a potential rematch there of uh, Bautista Gu and Rublev, um, the top two players in that kind of top half. You've got Nakashima lurking around in there as well, but I think Bautista Gu would beat him. Uh, I think Bautista Gu got unlucky last week to come up against Seb Korda. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what his price is this week. Um, he beat Rublev last week, um, actually. Looked like he played pretty well. And as you pointed out quite rightly last week, Luke, um, he's had historically very good form at this time of the year. I'd be surprised if we don't see a deep run from him. Uh, bottom half of that draw is just utter garbage and not worth considering. Evans, Karenu Booster, Tommy Paul, Kachinov. Kachinov actually, I think, is probably going to get out of that half. Um, so what I would probably look at there is I'd look at Bautista Gu's odds and I'd probably look at Kachinov's odds as well if I had to pick somebody to look at. I'd stay clear of Seb Korda just because I'm not sure what he's going to do after last week. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you largely there. I'd, I'd be looking at catching off this week. Looked really impressive last week from what I saw, um, particularly against Draper. Had a very um, easy win there. I think it was like four and two. Um, it was really a class better than than uh, even someone um, as good as Draper. 
Um, so yeah, I think he'll get out of that half. Um, and then, yeah, I think Bautista has a has a good chance to be fair. Um, especially having that win over Rublev makes that. Um... So perhaps perhaps what we'll do then is we'll we'll take it as our outrights and our wild cards are both from from Auckland. And then maybe if we just bunt a unit on whatever the price of um, Bautista Gu is when it comes out, and just say that our outrights for both events are the same. Yeah, we'll do that. Once the odds come out later, I'll I'll put a tweet out with what they are. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll do that. With both. Yeah, ideal. Awesome. Right. Well, that rounds off another successful podcast. Hopefully, we can make a little bit more profit than 0.01 units, which isn't going to change anyone's life. Um, but anyway, thank you again for joining me, Luke. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the the forthcoming podcast is going to be the Aussie Open podcast. Is that right? Yep. Next next podcast is, is Aussie Open. We'll have full house. I promise that much. We'll have me, Jack, and Luke for that one. Um, even if it means that I have to fly back from Australia to personally get Jack on mic um, via forms of interrogation. Um, and yeah, we'll have a we'll have a full packed house for that one. So once again, thanks for listening. This has been the Serving Up Clutch podcast. If you don't already, please do follow us on Twitter at Serving Up Clutch. Uh, our website to have a look at is servingupclutch.co.uk or .com. Um, either will take you to the right place. And yep, have a little read, have a little listen. And we'll be back next week for the biggie, the Aussie Open. All right, all the best.